Welcome to the Big Daddy Sports Minute. Sports talk radio from the fans' perspective. I am Paul Big Daddy DeMay. And alongside me, back in the producer chair, thank God, and alive. Yay! Michael. I am alive, boys. Good. And, of course, Jason's with us also. Jay, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're good. Doing good. Doing really good. So, um, glad, glad to be back. We did miss a week last week. Mike, um, I'll let you... When we start pleasantries, tell everybody what happened to you. Okay, well, I had a case of the virus. Well, no, first kidding. of all, Mike, let me ask, how are you doing today? Today I'm feeling finally much better. I had pneumonia last week, in case anybody out in their mm. podcast land cares. That wants sucks. to send me um, well wishes. <laughs> but I'm alive, and I'm feeling better now. Uh, it was pretty bad. I'm on a lot of uh, antibiotic medication. I had to get a shot in my hip on Thursday because mm. the first round of antibiotics didn't touch it. And if you can hear that dog barking, <laughs> that would be my dog, my stupid little mutt dog. That's so funny. And we so like I in, keep hearing it. I'm like, we're in a is that a sound studio. effect? It's not my dog. <laughs> <laughs> we are in a soundproof studio, too. That's what makes it fun. So, yeah. Um, uh, anyways, so my week has been basically being sick. And um, sleeping. Well, I'm glad you're better. Sounds glorious. Yeah, it does. It was glorious! <laughs> All right, Jason, how about you, Jay? Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. We missed that week, but um, yeah, I had a good week. You know, watched the draft over the weekend. That was that was exciting. Not so much for my wife. She was like, how many rounds is this? I said, don't <laughs> worry, babe. Don't, don't you worry. We're just watching it every night. <laughs> Till Sunday. Yeah. You know, That's I got to say, you yeah. guys, I oh, we can talk about this later. Uh, I don't, don't want to talk all about all the draft stuff. Oh, yeah. No, we'll yeah. talk we'll about oh, yeah. that. I got something to we'll say. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Definitely. Yeah, so definitely. I'm good. Good. How are you, Paul? Oh, Jason and Michael. Yes, Paul. How are you, Paul? I am exuberant. Yes, <laughs> that's a big word. Exuberant's a good one. I like exuberant. that. Exuberant. Can you do it with more enthusiasm? Like, exuberant! Well, I don't want to take that away from you. Exuberant. I mean, but I am definitely exuberant. How about yeah, that? Don't do that. Here's a reason. Can I tell you guys why? I know why. I know you We're both waiting. Know. I know you both know why, but the rest of podcast world doesn't know why. No. Um, I got a new job. Yeah, baby. I did. Does it have I got to do a new... sports-related something? No, it doesn't. Uh, it has Taco to... Bell finally called you back? They did. I'm a, I'm, not general, nice. I'm a general manager of Taco Bell. <laughs> not, that any, I'm kidding. not that any Taco Bell managers are listening. <laughs> no, There's no, no. That's horrible. Nothing wrong with that at all. No, but that's a good job. No, yeah. I got a... So there's a hotel here in Nashville. Mike knows about it. It's called Union Station. It's a... Very historic. National historic landmark. It's The building's been around since 1900. It used to be a train station here in Nashville. Turned it into a hotel in 86, and they decided that they wanted me as their chief engineer. So I am super duper excited about that. I'm exuberant about that. Yeah. That's my new word of the podcast, exuberant. I like it. So um, I've had a great week. The draft was absolutely insane here in Nashville. We'll talk Uh, more about that later. It was just crazy. Um, And uh, other than that, I'm doing great. So I'm just glad to be here. Glad that we're uh, able to do this tonight. I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad you're alive, Michael, because if you're not alive, then we can't do this. And that'd be a bummer. Did you guys notice that I put um, p- uh, pleasantry music for each of us? I did notice that. Every time when I started talking, I put the pleasantry music. 
when you listen back, Jay, you're going to be like, wow, that's impressive. How do you do that? That, that is impressive. <clears throat> you know what so. else is impressive that everybody out there in podcast land must know? What's that? That when I'm down, the show does not go on. <laughs> so That is true. That is I, very true. You need to literally. <laughs> need to put you in a bubble. <laughs> you need to literally. Put Remember that movie, <laughs> Boy in the Bubble? That's Michael. Oh, yeah, no, me and John Stolden. <laughs> That's me. Uh, All right. Well, All right. it's good, good to know. Enough. Good to know, Mike. Um, just You can never get sick again, so just make sure it doesn't happen. I won't. Um, so tonight, we're going to have a good time tonight. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start out with Lost and Found, Mike's favorite segment. Uh, why isn't my favorite segment? Because it's your segment. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, hanging with the brothers, we are going to talk about the draft, the NHL playoffs. Um, the draft, like I said, was crazy. I can't wait to talk about it. We have a new segment this week, Michael. Yes, I know. And Jason. Yes, finally. Jason's top ten. Jason's gonna have his own segment. Which we're gonna come up with a be- Jay's gonna come up with a better name for that eventually. Jaybirds yeah, top ten. Yeah. The top um, ten of the Jaybirds of America. So yeah, we'll do that tonight. That won't that's be gonna it. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be exciting. And of course we'll do the final take. So Let's get this rolling, Michael. (laughs) Let's get into Lost and Found. Got it. Lost and Found. Oh, yeah. Lost and Found. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. (laughs) It's all you, Michael. I'm a little rusty because I've been... I had pneumonia and almost died, <laughs> but I'm um, I'm gonna get through this now. This particular athlete uh, has been <clears throat> in my roster to be in Lost and Found for the last three weeks, and uh, <clears throat> we're just getting to him now. So I've had a lot of time to memorize everything. Mm. Yes, yeah, you have had a lot of time. You know what I'm saying, Jay? I do. Yeah, you damn right you do. So, who we're doing today, let me make the announcement right now. We are Dude, doing... I'm literally sitting on the edge of the seat. <clears throat> AC. Anthony Carter, the greatest receiver to come out of Michigan. Play for Michigan. Is that true? Did he play for Michigan? Yes, he did. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. Is that true? No, <laughs> is it true like, that he was, uh, the greatest, was the greatest receiver? Because I've been reading a lot of stuff on him, and it's been interesting. Uh, some interesting stuff. So let's get into it. You guys want to get into it? Let's get into it. We're this. not going to make this a 30 minute lost and found like the last one. So, uh, Anthony Carter was born September 17th. Let me think. 1960, as I recall. He's uh, um, older than me, thank God. Uh, and I, you know, I thought he was like 6'3 or 6'4. He's only 5'11. Hmm. Uh, I, always, I always thought he was taller of, also. Of course, played for Michigan. And uh, uh, in his um, NFL draft in 1983, uh, he was picked round 12, pick number 334. Wow. 83, they had, what, 14 rounds? 12 yeah, rounds? Yeah, but how was that possible? Because he was, let, let's look at his stats for college. This is what I find interesting about this one. College career. And I, I, just, I just clicked on a button in my brain, mm-hmm. and it said, there was a tab in there. It said college career. So I'm, I hit my forehead, boom, college career, zip down. Uh, Anthony A.C. Carter played for Michigan, let me think, 1979 to 1982. I remember that guy. He was amazing. 
Although the Wolverines enjoyed um, employed an offense that relied mostly on its running backs, losers, he was one of the most productive receivers in the school's history. I think maybe because he was only 5 feet 11. That's, that's as tall as me. I'm 5 feet 10 and 3 quarter. But on a humid day, my hair was thick, and I'm literally 6'1 when my hair stands up with humidity. I'm 5 foot 9 and 5 eighths. And with the hair, six that's two, with the hair. With, with the hair, six two. <laughs> <laughs> Paul and his little Brillo pad head. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. Um, so back then, though, he only weighed 160 pounds. That's probably a, was a, maybe a little. Problem. So he wasn't a big guy at all. He was not a big guy, but he looked big on TV. But I had a small TV back then, and he took up most of the screen. <laughs> that might have been why he looked taller. Anyways, during his freshman season, Carter was used sparingly. He caught more than two pa passes in a game only once that season, but made the most of it when the ball was thrown to him. Seven of his 17 receptions were touchdowns, though. He averaged 27.2 yards per catch. <coughs> his 45-yard TD catch and run against Indiana as time ran out to give Michigan a 27-21 victory is considered one of the greatest plays in Michigan football history. As the you know what's radio. amazing is I can't even tell. I can't even tell that you're like pulling this right from your your head. Oh, I, I spent a lot. Of, it's almost was, like you're reading it from something, but you're not. Yeah, I'm not. Crazy. You can see my face right now. You see anything yeah. in front of me reading? Do you? I know that's what Do I'm you? amazed by right now. Don't lie. When you lie, I mean lie. Uh, so I was lying. Sorry, I was lying in bed all week memorizing oh. this stuff. So we have a very easily flowed. Lost and found this week, and we're mm -hmm. not, like, messing anybody up here. All right. So, anyways. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so he, he was a good receiver. Sophomore year, Carter was a Wolverine primary option at receiver. He became the first second-year player to be voted Michigan's most valuable player. Three-time All-American. He was named Big Ten Conference MVP senior season. Finished fourth in voting of Heisman Trophy. Fourth in the Heisman Trophy voting. And he was picked... 12th round? Mm -hmm. Come on, people. So, Mike, just out of curiosity, I'm, I'm pissed now. That, that Indiana team that he had that 45-yard TD catch against, yeah. who was their head coach? Lee Corso. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Good old Lee. Good old Lee Corso. That son Good of a Lee. bitch. Nice. <laughs> now, Lee, if you're listening, I meant that with love and, and respect deep right. from my heart of hearts. Uh, and he holds an NCAA record, career record for highest average gain per play. Minimum 5,000 yards. 275 to 374 plays. 5,197 on 298 catches. 5,000, wow. That's, that's good. In 2001, Carter was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. You guys get that? And he was unbelievable. Uh, it's very so interesting. Two, yeah, 2000. Very, I'm not done yet. This is This stuff, when you hear what he did, and how long he spent in jail? You guys are going to freak out. <laughs> I'm, I'm done looking for jail time, guys. So my wife got mad at me. Uh, 12, uh, December 12, 2014, Big Ten Network included Carter on the Mount Rushmore of Michigan football. I don't even know what that means. But he, he joined with by Charles Woodson, Tom Harmon, and Desmond Howard. How can you not know what that means? The Mount Rushmore of yeah. Michigan football. That would be the, vans, the fans voting on who the best four Michigan football players are of all time. Oh, Charles Woodson, Tom Harmon, 
Desmond Howard and Anthony and, Carter. And Anthony Carter. It's hard to argue with those four. Twelfth round pick. Doesn't matter what he was picked. He's as far as his Michigan career, he was arguably one of the best of four to ever play at Michigan. When he graduated, Carter held. Am I wrong, Jay? No. You're not wrong, no. When Carter held nearly every Michigan career receiving and re- return record, he was the school's all-time leader in touchdowns, 40. He now ranks fifth. Held by record now is held by Anthony Thomas with 55. So he's still in the top five. Mm-hmm. Reception, 161. He now ranks fifth. Braylon Edwards has 252. Receiving yards, 3,076. And he's still now he ranks second because Braylon Edwards had 3,541. Touchdown receptions, 37, now ranked second record held by Braylon Edwards. Who's this Braylon Edwards mother? <laughs> uh, don't say it. Don't, I'll do him next week. <laughs> Punt returns, blah, blah, blah. I can go on and on. This guy was amazing. University of Michigan, Big Ten Conference MVP, 1982. That's when I graduated high school. Oops, I just said my age. But I graduated high school early because I was a genius. <laughs> Whatever. But nobody knows how early. So what's he doing now, Michael? Exactly, Mike. What 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 happened after his Michigan career? When, when he graduated when... from college, Anthony Carter chose to play in the upstart USFL. That's probably what he did wrong. Rather than in the NFL, because he was pissed, he was 12th round probably. Uh, the league employed a territorial draft aimed at sending players to teams whose fans were already familiar with them. Because of this unique system, the Michigan Panthers. I remember that well. Mm-hmm. We're allowed to select Carter prior to the league's traditional draft. 1983 was Carter's first season with the Panthers and one of his most successful as a professional. Although the team started 1-4, and four, they finished regular season 12-6 and six and went on to defeat the Philadelphia Stars to win the first USFL championship. With his team behind late in the fourth quarter, he scored the game-winning touchdown on a 48-yard pass from Bobby Hebert. Or Hebert, however you want to say it. Bobby, Bobby Hebert. Thank you. Hebert. <laughs> nope. Bobby Hebert. Hebert. It's he. It's a a bear. A bear, right? What's that, how you say Sorry. it? Sorry. Sorry, Bobby. He finished it. Uh, Bobby, if you're listening, I apologize from the depth, depths of the soul of my heart. He finished the game with nine receptions for 179 yards for the season. He gained 1,081 yards, 60 catches, nine of them touchdowns. 1984 season was cut short. After only six games, when his arm was broken in a game against San Antonio Gunslingers. I remember the Gunslingers. Uh, before the 1985 season, the Panthers merged with the Oakland Invaders. Oh, not the Raiders, the Invaders. Ah, see how they did that? Yeah. yeah. In his last USFL season, he led his team in receiving yards, 13-23, reception 70, receiving touchdowns 14. After the 1985 USFL season... Carter signed with the NFL, NFL's Miami Dolphins, who drafted Carter back in 1983 in order to secure his NFL rights. However, he was traded to Minnesota Vikings before playing a game with the team. He led the Vikings in receptions five of his first six seasons with the team and was selected to the Pro Bowl in 1987, 1988, and 1989. In 1987 season, Carter helped his team reach the NFC Championship. He set an NFL playoff record, since surpassed, of course, with... 143 punt yard returns yards in their wild card win over the New Orleans Saints. He caught 10 receptions for then an NFL playoff record with 227 yards, along with one carry for 30 yards and two punt returns. <sighs> Michael, this guy's good. What's he doing now? That was all so exuberant. Can I? Can I? Can I get to the meat of this, guys? Absolutely. I just was. I wanted to like 
really let everybody, because I'm sure some people don't know who he is if they don't want a Michigan fan. Because he wasn't very well, well known. Well, you could be a Minnesota fan and know who he is. You can be a, just shut your mouth and let me finish my pop, my uh, <laughs> segment fan. So here's what I found, guys. And I am not reading this. I am memorized this because I had all week to do it. Jason, you awake? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, good. I saw, I thought your eyes were closed. Yeah. Nope, they're awake. They're open. Okay, so let me find the date here because I want to be in 2004. 2004, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be 2002 because this article <laughs> that I read earlier says two years ago. <laughs> okay, so 2004, 2002, uh, Anthony Carter received the ring for his induction to the College Football Hall of Fame. So we knew that. I s- then... I sold the College Football Hall of Fame ring, said a man answering the phone at Geno's Pawn Shop in Boca Raton, Florida, who identified himself only as Gino. As of Wednesday afternoon, the pawn shop was selling 30 items on eBay, and 29 of them used to be Carter's. What is his stuff doing on eBay in 2002? Michigan fans, wait, no, 2004, because that 2002 is when he got his ring. All right. As of <clears throat> now, on that Wednesday afternoon, the pawn shop. Okay, I read that already. I mean, I I said that already. <laughs> I'm gonna need a drink here. Michigan fans <laughs> gush at the mere Jay, mention. Jay and I are gonna need more than one. The way uh, you're going. <laughs> fan, Michigan fans gush at the mere mention of Carter. He was the nation's <laughs> best receiver and punt returner, juking opponents all over the field, and twice earned the University of Michigan's MVP award. Two hundred forty-nine dollars asking price for the 1980 trophy. The MVP award was on on there for two hundred forty nine bucks. Man, I would have grabbed that thing, and I would I would change the name to put my name on it. <laughs> Many people felt he deserved the Heisman, had to settle for a Walter Camp Foundation All American plaque, and that went for three hundred sixty nine. <laughs> went on to win an NFL Alumni Player of the Year, and that trophy was on the sale for fourteen hundred ninety nine. It's all for sale, or is it? I just found out about this, Carter insisted. I'm trying to put a stop to it. I have my own stuff. I don't have to sell my stuff. Really? Then how come eBay item number 5111-276-785, Anthony (laughs) Carter's College Football Hall of Fame ring, sold in late July for 999 bucks? Michael. The customers, yeah. What is he doing now? I find it fascinating that he had to sell all of his stuff. Oh, it's extremely interesting. But why did he have to? <coughs> Carter, if Carter is embarrassed by selling his memorabilia, that's understandable. But if he sold everything he he ever had, it's explainable. Why? Because through Carter had gone through a decade you wouldn't wish on anybody. His nine-year-old son, Anthony Jr., has cerebral palsy, which requires consistent and expensive medical care. I'm not laughing about that. Sorry. <laughs> I was laughing about what's coming up. Sorry. That poor kid. God. Oof. Uh, Anthony Jr.'s condition tore at Anthony Sr. and his wife, Kim Anthony Sr. Her name's Anthony Sr. too? Nope. His wife, Kim. Anthony Sr. has stood by his son. That'd be weird if his name was Anthony Sr. and then his, he married a girl named Anthony Sr. That'd be. That'd weird. be. It, well, you know, transgender. I mean, I'm all for everything out there, so. Uh, oh, anyways, Jesus, Jason. basically he uh, was in money hurt, hurting and he had to sell his stuff. But and that's so sad. 
but what's he doing now, you ask? Let's let's get to the meat of this <laughs> thing. Third I did ask that I'm about ten minutes. Oh, gonna say. oh my God, it's been 20 minutes. <clears throat> Uh, you can hire Anthony Carter to speak at your engagement. He basically goes around the country speaking. Well, that's good. He's a motivational speaker. I don't know if it's motivational. It Actually, I cannot find out what he speaks about. Maybe he speaks about... Tells you how to put stuff on eBay. Maybe he he does eBay, uh, putting stuff on eBay and tells you how to... So this is the big climax is what's he do now? He, he speaks. Well, that's and we're moving on. Anthony right. Carter, greatest receiver of Michigan history. That Poor was guy uh, sold all of his stuff. It'd be interesting to see if some of his stuff was out there still. You know, it would. You could probably get on eBay and, and find that, out. You guys, you gotta understand. That was there was some interesting stuff in there. No, it was extremely was interesting. It? Okay, yeah, good. It I was was exuberant. As long as you guys are happy, I don't care about anybody out there in podcast land. This is all for me. Oh, okay. And you, gotcha. All right, Jay, are you happy? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> One of the best Thanks, so far. I, I agree. I won't say anything bad about your first. Uh, I agree. Song. All right. So, um, great, <laughs> I great. Thing, I just said it was great. Exactly. Ah, I know. It was Michael, awesome. great, Thank lost you. and found. Thank you, man. And let's move on to Hanging with the Brothers. Next week, we're going to do Anthony Carter, his wife, senior. <laughs> at a loss for words daddy. after that after that last segment it was it was so heart moving it it was it was amazing it was yeah. exuberantly amazing yep um, um so um but we're gonna move on and and talk about um something really big that happened in nashville over the weekend what happened um that would be the nfl draft yeah that was massively it was you know what i traffic I, congesting Jay, I'm assuming you watched it on TV. You said that earlier, right? I did. did you yes. See, did you see the just ridiculously massive, unbelievable amount of people? Yes, it well, was insane. What they say, six hundred thousand? Well, they, I don't know how they can actually guess that, but yeah, I saw they, a guy. They, they, they said, had a guy counting. I saw a guy. Down. Well, they did say that over the three days there were right around six hundred thousand people that were downtown. And I'll say this: I know a lot of people that went. Um, I did not go, which. I kind of regret a little bit because, you know, it's the draft. But every time and I it was, was here in every, Nashville. Well, I mean, but every time I was going to try and get down there, I couldn't get down there till like 7, 8 o'clock. And I talked to people that were down there at 7 or 8 o'clock, and they said if you weren't there by 3, 2 no, or 3 in no, the afternoon, you're screwed. you're screwed because by 5, 6 o'clock, you can't move. There were so many people. No, and then you couldn't get because all the way down Broadway, if you get there that late, you're you're going to be down by the expressway, which basically you're about a mile and a half away. From the actual stage. Pretty close, yeah. I mean, they were saying that it was down all the way to 7th Avenue, which is, I mean, you know, that's yeah. a, that's seven blocks. I mean, that's a crazy amount of people. Yeah. However, having said that, um, it was awesome to see on TV. It's by far the best draft I've ever watched. Okay, and this is what I wanted to say earlier. You guys, I have never watched one draft. Really? In my life. I've, no, because I, what I do is I get notifications, and I just, the team I like, I just let them notify me who they're drafting. So every year, I don't even watch it because I'm like, eh, draft and boring, you know what? But this year, I watched this shit, man. I watched every day. Jay, do you usually <laughs> watch draft? Uh, yeah, I do. At least the first round. Every year? Um, yeah. Every year? You've been doing it since how, how old? Um, Four? Three? Yeah, I used to watch it 
<laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. That's a diehard fan right there. Well, I started no, watching when, when I was three. <laughs> I know you did. No, seriously, Jay, when did you start watching? Um, Probably, I don't know. I mean, we were in Livonia. I remember watching it like over Kevin's house before, so that was a long really? time ago. Wow, he was young. He's when they young. drafted, um, when the Lions drafted um, Herman Moore. <laughs> when I didn't hmm. get drafted, I just said, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, me too. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I mean, I'm I was... like, screw the system, man. I was pissed off. I said, screw it all. When I didn't when get I drafted? Did, well, yeah. No, when I, I didn't get drafted. Thank you for the support. When I didn't get drafted. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been watching it a while. Um, they switched the days up. It used to be on Saturday. And now it's, you know, they've shifted the times and everything. But Yeah, the last three or four or five years, something like that, ever since they, they've been moving it around, not just having it in New York. They now have the first round on Thursday nights, and then usually by Saturday night it's done. Whereas it did, it used to be first, first, second, and third round or something like that was on Saturday, and then the rest was on Sunday. Hmm. Um, yep. Now it's just, it's, I mean, it's a huge production. They were saying, I read something earlier that said um, 6.1 million people watched it just in the United States, something like that, which is higher than any draft ever. Wow. And um, which, you know, the biggest one before that was Philadelphia. And, I mean, Nashville just blew Philadelphia out of water wow. with every statistic available. Well, there. you got the country stars that hang out with all the sports stars down there in Nashville downtown. Right. That's why everybody likes that kind of stuff. That must day. be it. That must be. That, that, whatever you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, let me uh, let me ask you guys this: the first round, I, I I usually every year will watch it like Jason. I'll watch at least the first round. Sometimes second and third just depends on how busy I am. But I'll usually get the updates on my phone, and I've probably been watching I don't know since the '70s, not consistently, but pretty close. So I want to ask you guys, and then I'll give I'll give my opinion on this. Okay. Um, first question. Uh oh, sounds fun. Go ahead. Who out of the first round picks? Because there was a lot of a lot of surprises in the first round. I thought, um, but who do you think out of the thirty-two picks was the worst pick? I have an opinion on that, Jay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I can go. I, I, I mean, mean, I'll go, but it might be the same same pick. It won't be the same pick. It you won't can be. go first, Mike. Go ahead. Here, here's what I found fascinating. Now, let me tell you guys something real quick. Is I, I was watching this year mainly because of this podcast. So I find myself watching more sports and, and get myself knowledgeed up on all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, trying to soak it all in. So I'm watching this draft, and the first round is going by, and the New York Giants skip over, um, what's his face? Haskins. Haskins from Ohio State, who clearly was probably, I think, the best, I hate to say it because I hate Ohio State, but he's, he's definitely the best quarterback in the draft. Don't you think? With just his uh, stats. And they choose Daniel Jones from Duke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? That was I was that one made me say number six. You know what it had me saying? Y- what? The league done messed up. The league <laughs> done me messed up. I like that. <laughs> I mean, we don't play school at Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that's from, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yes, I know what that's from. I've been waiting to use those all day. I'm just, <laughs> you know, just for this occasion. That's what uh, 
That's what Dwayne Haskins said after he was drafted by Washington. The league, the league said done that? messed up. The he did done, not say that, yes, did he? Did. The yeah. league done what a loser. Up. Yep. He's such a loser. I, I, I remember seeing when he got drafted at, what, 13? 15. 15? 16. 16. No, 15. He got drafted at 15, 15, and he did not look happy. I'm like, dude, you just got drafted to the NFL. Would you please just be happy? It almost reminds me of when Eli Manning got drafted, and he didn't want to be on that team. He's like, I'm not going to that team. Well, John Chargers. Elway. Yeah, John Chargers. Elway did the same thing. Yeah, Elway. These guys, come on, man. So did um, Jim Kelly. Yeah, yeah, Jim Kelly made a big stink about it, too, yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady was just happy to be drafted. Um. So Daniel Jones is your worst pick of the draft? Uh, first I, would, round. I would think it's going to prove to be bad, but I don't know if it's the worst pick. That's the most, like, huh, what? That's the worst what pick. I think the worst pick is the first pick, Tyler <laughs> Murray. That's going to be the worst pick of the draft. And you know why? Because he's going to be a bust. He's going to be a bust. Okay. Okay, Jason. Okay. Um... <laughs> So I went outside the top 10, and I'm looking at more of uh, who's going to make an impact on their team. And I thought at number 19, um, for your Tennessee Titans. Oh, Jeffrey Simmons? Jeffrey Simmons. So he... He's a receiver, right? No, he's a defensive tackle. Yeah. Out of Mississippi State. So he blew his ACL out in February workout. So he's not even going to be really available this year, yeah. most likely for I, them. I thought about that one, too. And then also, uh, when he was in high school, he actually had a, a some video had come out before he even got to Mississippi State of him hitting some girl. So, of course, he's got that on his record. So, yeah, you know, that. he could be a big, you know. He's very sorry, though. I'm sure he was. Um, you know, they all are. But. You know, it's either he's either going to be a big bust or he could be a, a big time player. I just uh, for the value at that pick there, there are a lot of other yeah, there were a lot of other players, players yeah, defensive um, tackles that I think weren't as a, as risky in my opinion. I agree with that. You know, and it's I find it interesting on how some of these teams make some of these picks. Like why why I would love to know why they chose Daniel Jones over the. I'm glad they didn't now because Haskins is a loser, but. Well, let me say this. Let me let me give you let me give you my. Let me hear yours. I guess you could call it worst pick or biggest surprise pick, whatever you want to call it. I'm also going with Daniel Jones. You are. And here's the reason: yeah, when yeah. when the pick first happened, yeah, um, I didn't know much of anything about Daniel Jones. And I knew everything. Of course, everybody in this world, including Dwayne Haskins, thought that he should be picked at number six. He was upset he didn't. The 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 league done screwed up or messed up. Right, that's so stupid that he said. But that. then I started looking at Haskins' career in college yeah. and Daniel Jones's career in college. Haskins played one year as a starter. Yes, he had fifty touchdowns against what's eight interceptions, something like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and had a phenomenal year. Yeah, but it's one year. It's true. Daniel Jones was a three-year starter. Yeah. Now, having said that, yeah, he was a three-year starter. Mm-hmm. That had a completion percentage of 56%. Yeah. Um, What's his touchdown to uh, interception ratio? Um, well, let me look that up. But I can tell you. Where's our stat guy? You know, but I mean. We need a stat guy. 
from everything I from everything I've seen about Daniel Jones and all that, and I and I'm gonna be totally honest here, I think it's a crazy stupid pick by the Giants. He's supposed to be um, Eli's successor, and a couple things I heard was that he, because Cutcliffe is Duke's coach and Cutcliffe, Cutcliffe is good friends with the Mannings. I heard that. Yeah. That that's why they took him, and that he's kind of a more of a pro style quarterback, and that's what they were looking for, kind of something like an Eli that they could kind of use the same way. I just don't think he's got the talent to be the number six pick. I didn't think so. Yeah, either. I guess what I didn't understand. I mean, they had a pick at they had traded up to seventeen or had that seventeen pick as well. Mm-hmm. You know, most likely. Again, you don't know. I mean, there's a lot of talk around the draft that. Oh, this team liked him as well, and that team liked them. But you could have taken Ed Oliver at six and Jones at 17. 17. I know they got Dexter Lawrence from Clemson at 17, but take Dexter yeah. Lawrence at six. I mean, the Raiders took Cleveland. Yeah, but I think they took Dexter Lawrence because some of the other D tackles were gone, like in Ed Oliver, and you know, um, right. You know, but I'm what I'm saying is is. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is okay, so you know Daniel Jones. Nobody else has taken Daniel Jones in the first round. Nobody. Yeah, that's not what the owner said, though. He well, said that there were other teams that he thought were going to take him. That's why they did it. Right, and that's why Washington got Dwayne Haskins at 15 because nobody else wanted him. Of course, there were a lot of teams in front of him that didn't need a quarterback, but still, it's like – and it is what it is. I, I mean, we'll, we'll see in three to five years when – I'm going to make the same prediction I made with Tebow. I'll give him three years. He's out of the NFL. Well, let me. So let me who, is, who is your best pick in the top? Well, let me let me round. say something before. Hold on. Haskins in one year playing. Actually, played a little bit in 2017 too. Obviously, a one year as a starter. One year as a starter, but he played a little bit in 2017. He had 54 touchdowns to nine interceptions. In the four years that Jones played at Duke, he had 52 touchdowns to 29 interceptions. Okay. So the the dig on Haskins is yeah you know he's got a great arm you know he's got good accuracy um, but reading coverages I mean like you said Paul he doesn't have a ton of experience doing that right NFL is a totally different ball game absolutely um, and that's the only thing I could think that that New York was looking at with Daniel Jones is yes he's a three year starter his stats aren't spectacular. But does anybody know what uh, Jared Goff's college record was? Yeah, I you know I heard about that. What what tell me? It was like fourteen and twenty six. He wasn't good. He had a losing record. I have to look it up to see exactly what it was. But he had a losing record in college, and he was the number one overall pick. So like you said, you never know what these people are doing to, in their war rooms for the draft. And you know, I mean, um, let's look at the Lions pick. T.J. Hawkerson, tight end, out of Iowa. Yeah, supposed to be really, really good. Yeah, but your boys, oh, Bob yeah. Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, I saw a, a video of them when they were when they made the decision to make the pick, and they were pumped up. They were like, "He's he's arguably one of the best players overall in the draft." A tight end, yeah, from Iowa. Yes, I heard that all through the the whole draft, you know, build up that he that out of all yeah. tight ends because everybody's talking about New England. Trying to get a tight end, and they never even got a tight end. Yeah. So Jay, you asked who the best best pick of the first round. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go, and not just because he's a Michigan boy, but I'm I, I really think Pittsburgh made a smart move moving up to get Devin Bush. 
That's what I was going to say as well. I thought that was a good trade considering their situation with Shazer. Obviously, I don't think he's coming back. I mean, right. it's great that he's recovering from that injury. But, um, yeah, Bush is a great fit for what they do. And, yeah, I think that was a, mm-hmm. a great pick on their part. I agree. And, I mean, you know, they had Lamar Woodley out of Michigan. And, and you know, of course, now they got Devin Bush. And I just think he's going to go in there. And he's just going to be he's going to be a beast. Mm-hmm. And I just think it was very smart for them to move up to from number 20 to number 10 to get that pick. And then Denver drops to number 20, and they take the other Iowa tight end. Yeah. Yep. Noah Fant. I know. Iowa and tight ends, what's up with that this year? First time ever that two tight ends from the same school have been drafted in the first round. Dude, that is so you. Also you the know? first time ever that three defensive linemen from the same team got drafted in the first round. Can I say that I think another – I'm top, just throwing stats out there. Like I know you are. You're, you're such a stat guy. <laughs> I think another uh, good pick, and I'm not saying this because it's the Patriots, but I think Nikhil Harry was a great pick for them. He is a beast. Mm, we'll see. Oh, big daddy. Paul, <laughs> you're going to get a head slammed into the table. One, two, oh. three. Here it goes. <laughs> That's Paul's head on the table. So I know you guys talked about TJ Hawkerson, you know, and everybody up here is before the draft was, Oh, don't take him. And so when they draft him, I was like, Oh man, I don't know if I like that because I kind of wanted a defensive player, but when you really look at it, the lines, that was the worst position on that team last year was tight end. Oh, it was. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They brought in what Jesse James from Pittsburgh and, you know, but, yeah, but Jesse James has had like two good catches in his career. One of them, oh yeah. wait, no, yeah, one he was on Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, yeah, one of them so was the, against Patriots. The more I looked into Hawkerson, though, I mean, do you guys know how many balls he dropped last year? Zero, eight. He had one, two drops in his college career. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, he's a great blocker. You know I mean, dro- I think yeah. it was overall it was a good pick for the need and you know for what they they had to have. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many drops I had in my high school career, Jay? Oh, Jesus. Probably more than two. Uh, Jason, look at me in the eye. I know you can see me. <laughs> Zero. Zero drops. Are you in the NFL? What uh, are you doing right now? I was mad because they didn't, they, didn't, <laughs> they didn't draft you. Patriots need a tight end. Like, I'm big enough to play tight the end league, right now. The, the league done screwed up. <laughs> The league done screwed up. Or messed up. Uh, yes, yes the league I, did. I so. did. The ball so, hit my hands, I caught it. That's it. Every play. So, it's in the highlight reels. Before we move on, Paul, to the NHL, because I know you want to talk about that as well. Um, real quick, I wanted to talk about the, the second pick of the Lions. Yeah. Because up here, of course, that's all they're talking about. Where are you up here, Jay? Just for the people listening. Where am I? Yeah. Grand Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, it's cold. All right. So, Jay, talk about their second pick. So, just real quick. Yeah. The Jahani Avea, who was a. Jahani Mavani? I, I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> inside linebacker from Hawaii. Key and Peel when they did that football thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that thing where no. they were making up names? Anyway, so just keep talking. Yeah, it is, that is pretty funny, Mike. Thank you. Um, so, obviously, everyone up here is kind of like, who is this guy? 
Um, I, what I thought was kind of funny is that when he got picked, Drew Locke was picked the pick before him uh, to Denver. So when the Lions picked this guy, they didn't even talk about him. Like they didn't even have film on him. Because they didn't really. Yeah, they didn't. Even, they didn't even talk about him. Like they just kind of skipped to the next two. Like they got down to like the next two picks and like never even talked about the guy. Um, oh. you know, obviously none of us know. I mean, we're just fans, right? We don't know. We don't scout these guys. I have no idea if this guy's any good. He had a hundred plus tackles, you know, two years in a row. I think I looked at some stats of them, but what, what round was it? Second round. Second round. Pick number eleven. So it was early. Um, you know, they needed an inside linebacker, but boy, I, I don't know if this was a reach for them there. According to Bob Quinn, because he obviously talked about this at his press conference, you know, again, they bring up the Patriots and like he, he basically said this guy's like Dante Hightower. No, he did not. He did. He's that build and that's what they're looking for in this defense is big guy, six, two and a half, 250 pound type linebacker. Um, you know, I don't, I mean, who knows, maybe the guy will surprise all of us and be worth that. But according to Bob Quinn, he knows for a fact, there were other teams that were going to pounce on this guy and take him. Um, but boy, for a second round pick and looking at the guys they could have had down, down the line. Uh, whew, I don't know. Yeah. There were a lot of good, um, defensive players in this draft. Oh, it was so I was very, surprised. Very by, much defensive heavy yeah, draft. I was surprised by a lot of early picks on some of these guys. I'm like, what? Why would they pick him and not this other guy? You know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to move on. Say it, Paul. Cut two things say real quick. Say it with quick. your face. Okay, can I say it? Sure. Thank you. Sure. Anyways, probably my one of my bigger surprises of the whole draft is yeah. Drew Locke going in the second round at that 42nd pick overall. I honestly would have thought that him and Daniel Jones would have been switched, where Jones would go in the second round, Locke would go in the first round somewhere. Not necessarily number six, but I think Locke is a much better quarterback than, I mean, I think he's probably the third best quarterback in this draft. And for him to go slip to the second round to Denver, Denver, if Joe Flacco goes down, Denver should feel pretty good. That All you Denver fans should feel pretty good having Drew Locke right there. You want my favorite pick of Because if Eli goes down, New York fans got to rely on Daniel Jones, and I just don't. I mean, dude, I, don't I just don't know think, if it's going to happen. And and then if you say, well, he can develop behind Eli. <laughs> yeah, it's not like developing so, behind Aaron Rodgers or uh, Tom, you know, Brady or you know, it's right. it's Eli Manning. Yeah, well, he's won a couple of Super Bowls, but he has not been a elite quarterback. I'm, I'm right. just saying. Well, you know, the other thing I was going to say, say it, say it with your face, is as of 2017. Um, 56% of first-round draft picks actually succeed in the NFL. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. It's it's most most years it, it averages right between 55 and 57%, and that's it. So you got 43 right. to 44, 45% yep. that are going to do nothing in the NFL. Which brings me to my Which all-time makes, favorite NFL draft pick, actually from it was number 199. Who? Tom Brady. Okay, it was 2000, and he was number 199. So I just said, number 199. 
You said number one in 99. I said 199. <laughs> Pick 199. <laughs> I said 199. Yeah. I just Anyways. had to bring up Tom Brady. I've been watching a lot of Tom Brady stuff lately. I will Sorry. say real quick, too, though, Patriots, though, I thought had a great draft. I um, thought they did, too, yeah. I thought the Winovich pick was really good. Yeah, I'm oh, excited lot, for Winovich. A lot of people I, I heard, him, man. Yeah, a lot of people I heard said that uh, he's going to have a much better career than Rashawn Gary. I think he will, especially being on the Patriots, because Patriots know how to coach their players. Yeah. Well, I thought the quarterback they took to the guy from Auburn was a great pick. Oh, as I well. agree. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, I thought that was a great pick too. Too bad he won't be able to play for another eight years. <laughs> no, so my question was: Let me ask you guys real quick. Is uh, really quick the Edig Edding guy or Edig from uh, um, Iowa last year that they picked? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, hurt didn't he? Oh, yeah. he got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wondering what happened to him because they were kind of like, okay, he's going to work behind uh, Edelman. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's oh, carry quit, on. Let's quit talking about the draft. It was a great weekend here but in Nashville. I don't wanna. Um, and let's very, 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 very quickly talk about the NHL second round playoffs, which Unf- none of our teams are in anymore. Exactly. So we we're, we're not going to talk much about it. Um, the series, <laughs> all the series are in play right now. All three out of the four are in are tied one one. But all I'm going to say is I watched. I've been watching a lot of hockey. It's been really good hockey to watch. And when these second round's over and we go into the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, then then we're gonna make another prediction. Because to do it now doesn't mean anything. Because we were all we were all wrong on the first round, anyways. <laughs> well, I can probably pick it perfectly now. So no, I'll pick can't. next year's. How's that? Anyways, okay. We'll pick again when it gets to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. So that sounds good. Um, having said that, let's uh, let's move on to our new segment. Hey, hey, Paul, real quick yeah. before we move on to. My segment. I do want to say we we talked about Eiserman going to the wings. That oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. and it yes. happened. And it happened. So Thank I mentioned you, that he wasn't able guys. to talk to the. You know, I, was, I mentioned he wasn't able to talk to the wings. I think until June, but apparently they let him out of his his contract. Well, to have them talk. well, when when the lightning when the okay Sorry. when the lightning <laughs> were eliminated from the playoffs after being swept by Columbus. Yeah, that gave the wings permission yep. to talk to Eiserman. Oh, it did. Why? And it took two days. Why? Because he was out of his contract with the Lightning. Oh, because they lost and got swept right. and embarrassed? All right. Let's move on before Mike goes crazy. Let's I'm, do Jason's I'm new back. segment. I'm back. All righty. Top ten. 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 All righty, Michael. <laughs> that was for you, Jay. That was Thank for you. you. Thank you for saying that, Jay. We're doing, that right, what are we doing? Top 10? So, yeah, top 10 lists. So this will change every week or every time we want to do this segment. But I started, obviously, we had the draft last week, so I wanted to have something around the draft. And I thought it would be fun to kind of make my own top 10 list of the top 10 worst draft picks since – 2000 oh, so this ought to be good this this should be really good yeah yeah some will not be a surprise to you but I, I i found a list of the top 50 since 2000 went through those and kind of decided what i i thought so starting at number 10 <laughs> very nice uh is mike williams not that mike williams the mike williams from the university of texas offensive tackle who went to the buffalo bills mm. um as the fourth number fourth pick of that draft 
So you probably don't remember him, yeah. but he was. Go ahead, Mike. Ironically, I probably won't know all these bad people because they never did anything. <laughs> so you will know. I will know. Okay, good. So, but the reason I put him at top, in the top ten is, you know, he was one of the best tackles coming out of college from Texas. Never really did much for the Buffalo Bills. Ballooned to about four hundred pounds and Jeez. never could really regain his talent that he had in, in college. So. I know that feeling. For fourth round pick, that that's got to hurt. At number hurt. nine, number nine, number nine, our beloved Brady Quinn from the University mm. of Notre Dame. Uh, that was a good one. Mm. That was a bust of genius. I remember when he got drafted. Yeah, yeah, everybody was all hype on him, man. He was like, yeah. So he was the twenty second pick in two thousand seven. Which another reason I put him here is because he slid all the way to twenty two, and he was, you know, <laughs> kind of sitting there waiting in the green room, waiting to get picked, you know, in the top ten. So you know who was that everybody projected would take him that year, right? Who? Miami. Oh, you know yeah. who Miami drafted instead of him? Uh, Dan Marino. No. <laughs> no. Ted, Ted Ginn Jr. Oh, And I'll really? never forget, Cam Cameron was the head coach, and on his press conference after, he said, Miami fans should be happy we got a really good kick returner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, Jake. Go ahead. Sorry, Jake. Number eight. Number eight. No, you're fine. Number eight. So number eight, I have Troy Williamson. Uh, he was a wide receiver that got picked seventh in 2005 out of South Carolina. He went to the Minnesota Vikings. The reason I picked him, not necessarily for what he did, he wasn't very good with with the Vikings, but the people that came after him in the draft, Roddy White, hmm. pretty good receiver. Vincent Jackson, also another very good receiver. Um, but Troy Williamson never gained more than 500 receiving yards with his time in Minnesota. So wow. pretty big bust for uh, bust. a guy that was picked, That's you know, seventh, seventh in the draft. <laughs> so number seven, uh, number seven, <laughs> I have I'm to help you out there, Jay. Aaron Curry linebacker who went to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, out of Wake Forest. That was in 2009. He was number four pick overall. I remember him. He was, you know, thought he was going to be the next, you know, like Lawrence Taylor. Mm -hmm. Really? I remember him, yeah. Never did anything with the Seahawks. Uh, number six, Maurice Colorett out of mm -hmm. Ohio State. Yeah. By the Denver Broncos. Maurice number What's that? Maurice who? Maurice Colorett. Oh, Colorett. Yeah, he ended up in jail. He's going to be my next lost and found. Thank you, Jay. No problem. <laughs> so he was the third pick in 2005. Wow. Massive bust. Big time bust. Now we're getting into the the meat of the order here, the, into the top five. Claret. Rounding out the top five, our beloved Detroit Lion quarterback, Joey Harrington. Oh, mm. Lord. Good old Joey. Yeah, picked, you know, Joey. third pick in 2002. Little JoJo. Uh, the only, the only thing that really saves that is that David Carr was the first pick who also sucked. Yeah. Carr was still better. He was better than little okay, Joey. Can we chill out a little bit on the sound effects? Dude, this is my favorite time to do it in turning okay. top ten. Go ahead, Jay. Number four, I have the other Mike Williams, another Detroit Lion wide receiver, tenth pick in 2005 out of USC. I'll never forget that because I was actually at Buffalo Wild Wings and I kind of jokingly said to my friend, watch, they're going to take Mike Williams out of USC. And they did. <laughs> and we just kind of looked at each other and said, 
I can't believe they just did that. <laughs> um, obviously, we all know, as you guys being Detroit fans and from Michigan, that didn't work out well for the Lions. No, no. nothing really ever does. Most, most so, of your draft picks don't. I know you just said, you know, David Carr, I have him actually at number three just because he was a number one pick um, coming out of Fresno State. Now, I will say not all of his, you know, his uh, shortcomings are all his fault. He did get sacked his first year. I looked up these stats. <laughs> this is insane. He got sacked 76 times. Oh, my God. His rookie oh season. my God. Wow. <laughs> I don't think uh, he was ever to, able to recover from that. No. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Poor David Carr. <laughs> I'm hoping that his second year they drafted a couple offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you think you want to get some offensive linemen to protect your quarterback? Go ahead. You would think. So I kind of, I kind of went back and forth between him and Harrington on the on the three and five spot, but I thought, you know, for the way he was picked at number one in 2002. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I hurt the Houston Texans there to, to use that pick there. So in the final two, here we go. You guys have any guesses who's number two? Barry Sanders. It's another Detroit Lion. I'm gonna say Charles Rogers. Very good. That's really? who I have at number two. Good Charles job. Rogers out of Michigan State. Yep. You guys are Second smart. in 2003. Yeah. And we all know how that went. Not very good, Mister. I broke my collarbone on the second play, I think, of his career, and then got busted for marijuana his second year with the, with the Lions. So. Oh, my God. The, the Lions, after picking Rodgers, went on a little run of wide receivers in the top ten, and not a single one of them worked out. Besides Calvin Johnson. Besides Calvin Johnson, yeah. Wow. And that wasn't until, what, 2008? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. So the number one <clears throat> number worst of- pick that I picked in the for the for from since 2000 – Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. Jamarcus mm, Russell. Yeah, LSU. God, I remember the hype around him. Really? It was I, a big? I, oh, my goodness. It was bigger than your boy, Kyler Murray. My boy, yes, Kyler it. Murray, is going to be the biggest bust of all time. Yeah, nobody so he went to the Oakland Raiders <laughs> in 2007, number one pick. And you're right, Paul. There was a ton of hype around Jamarcus Russell because he could throw the ball, you know, 200 yards yep, three, on, his, three, on his knees. So, <clears throat> yep. With two hands behind his back. Yeah. Yep. Um, obviously, a massive bust for that pick and for the hype. And what, whatever the, happened the talent, to that guy? Well, the talent he had was there. It was the work ethic. Oh, he had so much talent. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And then he signed a six-year, $68 million contract, yeah. $31 million of that guaranteed, and he posted a 280 career winning percentage as a starter. Completed just... <laughs> 52% of his passes in just six yards per attempt. That's How long horrible. did he play for? Horrible. How long did he play for? One season? No. He was with uh, the Raiders for three years. They released him yeah. in 2010. Well, how does somebody when that he weighed, good? When he, when he weighed close to 300 pounds. It reminds yeah. me of uh, he ate bad eating habits. He should talk to Tom Brady. Um, so there's my top ten. Good job, yeah. Jay. And, and going back real quick to Joey Harrington, I remember when he was played at Oregon and, and how great he was supposed to be. Oh yeah, Joey. And and I knew the Lions were going to draft him. And I did the thing I just Joey. I'm sorry if you're listening, but the thing I hated most about you was you would th- he would throw 
400 yards and five touchdowns with no interceptions one week against a really good team, and then the next week he throw five interceptions, no touchdowns, and no throw yards. 120 yards. And he was so inconsistent. One of the most inconsistent quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion. So this was from 2000, right? Okay. So Since 2000. I was yes. thinking of some other people, but they were probably drafted. Better. And I agree with, I agree yeah. with your top ten, Jay. Good top ten, Jay. The, the only, I, I think the only bigger bust in NFL history, other than Jamarcus Russell, was one of two guys: Tony Mandrich or uh, Ryan Leaf. Johnny yeah, keep in mind, I, I, that's why I didn't go outside of 2000. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, Ryan I, Lee I was looked, before then. Yeah, so. yeah, it was interesting kind of going through the whole list. I mean, and there's I thought a you lot of I thought you, out there. I thought oh, yeah, you would have picked uh, Johnny Manziel. I'm surprised you didn't pick him. No, I mean, I don't know, man. Tony Mandrich and and and, and here's one, one little quick, since we're talking about top 10 and we're talking okay. about the draft. Yeah, one little one. Uh, one real quick little trivia. So in 1989, four of the top five draft picks in the first round are Hall of Famers. Who's the one that's not? And who are the four that are? Wait, wait, how many were there? Out of the top five picks yeah. in 89. 89, okay. Four out of the top five. Was I alive then? Are, are Hall of Famers. One of them isn't. Andre Ware? No. Uh, Jamil Cornell? No. So, quickly, <laughs> number, number one is Troy Aikman. Oh, that draft. Number three was Barry Sanders. Byron, Byron Leftwich. Number four was, um, shoot, I have to look up number four. I can't remember number four. Number five was Deion Sanders, and I can't remember who number four is, but he's a Hall of Famer. Um, the only one that wasn't a Hall of Famer out of his top five, Tony Mandridge. Oh, that's funny. But that was 89. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he did from 2000. I know. I'm just saying. That was a little bit of trivia. Yeah, well, Tony Mandridge, what, what position did he play? He was a tackle. Oh yeah, so that they, those guys. He are... was like six nine, four hundred pounds. Six nine. Steroids. Yeah, he did so many steroids. Uh, At Michigan right. State. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, but anyhow, all right, Jay, that was a great top Good ten. Job, I like Jay. that. Good I job. I like that. I'm looking forward to to more of those. Um, and Mike's sound effects throughout your whole segment. Yeah, that yeah that didn't throw me off at all. Yeah, exactly. When you listen exactly. back, you're gonna be like, thank God those sound effects were there. Save, right, exactly. save my segment. Exactly. Well, let's get this wrapped up <laughs> before Mike keeps talking and doing sound effects. Hey, hey. And let's do Big Daddy's final take. So we're going to go through this quickly. I do actually have something for the final take. Um, so in watching the draft this year, and yes, I'm going to go back to the draft because uh, it's such a big ought deal. To be good. Um, you notice that just about every, it didn't matter which round it was. It could be number one all the way to number 254. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter which draft pick got picked mm-hmm. or who it was. They cried. I cried too. Every single one of them just about cried. Yeah. And I saw, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is, <laughs> I saw something uh, the other uh, yesterday on NFL Network that one of the commentators, and I don't don't remember exactly who it was, so if you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> but um, he was saying that you know every year these draft picks just get more and more emotional, and it's like how much crying do we need on TV? You I know? agree. So all I want to say is is this, and then we'll get this wrapped up. Okay. Um, is 
I can only imagine. Man we, up. We, no kidding. Michael, Sorry. seriously. All right, all right. I can only imagine what it would be like for these kids to be drafted in the NFL. I mean, yeah. think about it. We all joked about not being drafted, but honestly. I cried. No. <laughs> um, but to see these kids, and yeah, some of them, I think, it's, it's, they know they're on camera. So they're going to kind of embellish a little bit. You think so? Be a little bit more exuberant than they normally would. I felt the emotion on some of them because. Uh, oh, no, the emotion on some of them, absolutely. And then they, there, then yeah. you heard some of their stories about where they came from yeah. and, and, and all that. And, and it really is pretty amazing. Yeah. Like that Alabama running back that Patriots picked. Well, they right. told his story, and then it was like, wow. That's <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you know, I shed a tear for one or two, but. Um, you know, just let these guys cry. I mean, it's the biggest moment, one of the biggest moments of their young life. So your final take is let them cry. My final take is if, if, if everybody's going to get emotional about the NFL draft, get emotional. It's the draft. It's mm-hmm. the biggest thing that these kids are going to go through. And to be the fact that there are an average of what, 16,000 college football players every year. When you're talking 16,000 between you're talking to three different divisions. Oh, and all the schools, and only 254 of them get drafted, let them cry. They yeah. deserve to cry. I'm going to cry just think, thinking about it. All right, I'm going to stop before I really start. I, I would cry, too, if I just became a millionaire. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I crying. mean, come on. Think about it. These kids are, worst case, they're making a million minimum. I mean, come on, man. I'd be balling my eyes out. Oh, God. All right. You're killing me. That's all I got on my final take. Uh, so follow us on Facebook. Search Big Daddy Sports Minute. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. Paul's uh, crying. Twitter at BD Sports Minute, Instagram BD Sports Minute. Eventually, at some point, I promise I'm going to, at the end of the show, say we're on iTunes. You will. I promise Eventually, you. hopefully, it happens. Jay Bird and I are going to figure that one Michael, out. Michael, where can we follow you? You can follow me in my new black Tesla. Flying down Highway 100 all the way. Oh, I passed my house. Jay, what about you? Um, nowhere. (laughs) All right, well, I'll tell you what. You all follow us through the week, and uh, appreciate you listening. It was a great show tonight. Glad you guys were here. Big Daddy's out.